Welcome to The Drop. My name is Danny Johnson, and this week we have Mason Ho on the show, fresh off his performance in Surf 100, a stab concept where we pre-record a competition in premium conditions and then replay it at a convenient time with live commentary from some of the world's best. And the competition is then scored by you, the audience, live as it's replayed. Hopefully you're familiar with it by now. This is the third edition, and this one featured Dane Reynolds, Mikey February, and this episode's guest, Mason Ho, down in Mexico. Mason chatted to Stabcast team, Mikey, Sarah Michelle Geller, and Ranger Stacey Galbraith about Surf 100 and also his newly announced WQS campaign. And if you want to watch Surf 100, it will be available forever on Stab Premium. So if you're a subscriber, you can watch it whenever you like. And if you're not and you still want to watch it, uh, you'll have to fork out the cash, but it will be available to purchase uh, as a one-off via the link in the episode description. And I mean, and I'm not, I'm not afraid to say that Surf 100 is amazing. It's the best concept that exists in surfing right now. It solves all the problems of existing surf competitions where they're often held in not, not very ideal conditions. They go for too long. They feature too many people. These are short, sharp, and only, you know, we wait for optimum conditions before we run the events. I mean, the first one wasn't in the most ideal conditions, but it was still interesting and it was kind of a pilot at Trestles with Kolohe, Ian Crane, and Griffin, and it was still great. Before we get to Mason and Mike and Stace, let's catch up on this week's surf news and a surf sin with Big Dick Power Surfer, Stab's Editor-in-Chief, Mr. Brendan Buckley. Hello, Danny the Drop Johnson. <laughs> Hello, Buckley. How you doing? <clears throat> I'm good. I got real upset before when I remembered that Dwayne the Rock Johnson's name is actually Dwayne, not Danny. Oh, I had a minute yeah. Where I, th- I mean, I think about that all the time, that we don't have the same name, me and that guy. It's close. Similar bodies, but different names. Yeah, super similar physique. How you going? You back in France? I am back in France. The ocean just stopped creating waves, just gave up on it. Um, it was a fun idea for a while, but we're past that now. Yep. Looking for new recreations it's, and pastimes? I guess I have to just go running again, hate my life, complain to you about it. Yep. But it's been so bad. They had to cancel a QS. Oh, no way. That's, that's can you imagine? I That's imagine that doesn't happen that. often, right? The, the standard for ways of a QS are pretty famously, well, whatever's there and available is the standard. There is no standard. It's just they just run regardless of conditions. But they actually had to cancel one. They had to cancel one. I mean, it's like canceling a, a football game because the grass is grown or something. Like it's just <laughs> this is what the QS is about. I didn't. I don't think it's ethical. I didn't think it was legal. Um <laughs> I'm really disappointed. Can you like, I think the problem was sometimes here, even if there's like a, just a tiny swell, like enough to surf at low tide when it's high tide, there just won't be a wave breaking at all. And so I bet that's why they did it. I wasn't here when it got canceled, but then I started thinking, I was like, that would have been kind of like the coolest surf contest. If they just sent people out when there's no waves breaking, like you can't stand up, but somebody has got to win. Like, I would have watched that. The opportunity for creativity there is just so huge. What a misstep from the WSL to yeah. Can you what would, it would almost be? It would have to be a blend of some sort of water aquatic combat, or maybe even some sort of uh, 
synchronized surfing, swimming type situation, but on an individual level, which wouldn't be synchronized. I don't know. There's so many possibilities, but yeah, that's a real lost opportunity, that one. It is. When I was a kid, like we had a surf team at my high school and I would just fuck everybody up. Two high schools getting together, having a match and I would, I'd normally win. And I was away one weekend and my best friend was like, oh, this is my opportunity. Like this is, this is it. And it was kind of similar. Like it was so high tide that waves just weren't really breaking. And so his strategy was to just like get to his feet for a minute and then kind of do a front flip onto the sand. And he did that. Judges ate it up. He won. He got chaired up the beach. It sounded fucking awesome. So there's room. That is, I mean, it doesn't really fit the judging criteria in terms of a completed maneuver, but I'm into it. Our top story this week is Surf 100. Ah, yes. It is airing. 6 p.m. on Thursday, California time, which I believe is 11 a.m. Friday. If you're in Sydney, yeah, this will this will be zone. out by the time by the time this by the time this is released. Surf 100 will be available online. Watch if you want to watch it um, after the fact. But in terms of live judging, you will not be able to participate because I think attached to this, Mikey and Stacey are going to talk to whoever wins it. So at the time of recording, we don't know who wins, but. Uh, yeah, it'll st- it's will be still online uh, for anyone who wants to go back and watch it, and I highly recommend you do. You do. That's great. I mean, I'm not going to be able to watch it live. It's not in a great time zone for me. It's kind of middle of the night, and so if you can't watch it live, we'll be together in a way. Yeah. You know? So come hang out with me. Be my friend digitally. We won't be able to score, but we'll be able to yell at our screen regardless. I did get a little dry run. Like we're so the board giveaway. Mikey, who you'll hear talking to the winner shortly, judged all the waves on his own just to get a feel. And whoever's coming the closest to him is going to win two boards, the Channel Islands and the Simon Jones. And so he asked me to kind of, he gave me a look to get a second opinion and be like, hey, is anything off? And so I did get to see all the waves Mm. and get a sense for the scoring. And so I know a little bit. And it's worth being excited about. Well, well given the given the situation we're in right now, where whatever you say isn't going to affect the viewer's experience, because you know the winner's going to be attached to this episode anyway. Who's your prediction? Who do you think the the viewers are going to vote as the as the winner of Surf One Hundred this year? This this event. I think it's going to be close, but I'm going to go MFAB. Oh, that. He's yeah. a bit of an underdog story. I mean, he's a, he qualified for the tour and and obviously can surf a competition extremely well and especially a competition like this where there's alternate craft involved. He's I mean, maybe he's a favorite actually when you consider it like that. I don't know, but that's interesting. I didn't expect that. I kind of expected Mason being so groomed on the Mexican points, having spent so much time down there filming the electric acid surfboard test with his sister Coco. It's pretty funny, actually, given the after the WSL event and then five-part series of Electric Acid with Mason and Coco and then Dane's recent movie, Stab Fried. It, it, it's like you'd think we'd be all a bit, uh, a, bit uh, a bit over Mexican content at this point. But given that, and, and I think I would be completely, but I just love the Surf 100 concept so much and not to b- butter Stab's bread that much but it, it's maybe it's worthy of some butter because it's just so good 
I just can't wait to to watch this thing. I think it's worthy of butter for sure. It's worthy of any condiment you want to put on it. Not that it needs it, but if you want just a little bit more flavor, Mm. butter, whatever it is, get it out. This is the first one that I've been inside at Stab for. So the other two I just watched from a full, just outside perspective, and I'm just loving them. Yeah, it's such a good concept and totally worthy, worthy of high cholesterol and and heart disease or any of the other ailments that come with too much butter. Risk it, risk it. We're actually, that's going to tie into the next story. Next story, we are halfway through your close personal friend, Dana White's Ultimate Surfer. <laughs> halfway through already? How many episodes are there in total? There's eight total. And I looked earlier, I didn't realize, but all the episodes had names. Mm-hmm. And we peaked in that regard already. So let me just run through them. Yep. Episode one was Welcome to the Surf Ranch, pretty standard. Episode two, Caught Up in Chick Drama. Okay. Fun. Wow. Uh, Quite prosaic. Yeah. Ready for this one? Namaste off my barrel. So that one aired this week. (laughs) Episode four, (laughs) Party Wave, Risk It for the Biscuit. And so that's where we're at right now. Beyond that, we have a a little game of this, episode five. Episode six, Will You Accept This Wave? Seven, Poke the Bear. Eight, Bring It All Home, The Ultimate Surfers. I think we peaked episode naming wise, don't you? <clears throat> yeah. Namaste off my barrel? Is that? Not, what does namaste yeah, actually so this, even mean? Ooh, it's that's just a great like a, question. I think it's just, I'm going to Google it right now. Hold on a second. I think it's just like, um, I think it's just like a sticker that you put on Prius. <laughs> <laughs> It just means greeting to you, essentially. So, yeah. I'm, so, namaste off my barrel. I, I I get it. I guess. I don't know. A little bit bland. Have you been able to watch? I have been able to watch, but it's still something that hasn't <laughs> managed to come into my life yet. I've been pretty busy, but in saying that, I, it's not like I haven't had a spare half an hour to to to, to do it. It just hasn't happened. I guess I've just done other things. That was an excellent way I have been able to watch. <laughs> no, that's only the half of it. The finals waiting period starts next Thursday, California time. And so I think by the time the next episode drops, we'll already be in the waiting period. So if this is the only place you get your surf news, keep an eye out for that because it could run fast. And will you stay up all night, Buck? Or how does the time zone work for you? Oh, it's going to be a stay up all night situation. Yeah. It'll mm-hmm. come on like, assuming they'll probably start like eight, that's 5 PM my time, but I'll just, I'll stay up. I mean, it's going to be so interesting. And how will you, what will be your drug of choice to stay up? <laughs> I plead the fifth. <laughs> no, I'll just, I'll, I'll pop some wine. I think I'll just go on the wine. wine? Are the you way. insane? Wine's the sleepiest juice there is other than rehypnol. No. Juice, not if, not if you keep yourself occupied though. If you're, it's all about atmosphere, you know. And if you're watching this thing and it's exciting, then that was such a French answer. All night on wine. Are you also going to cheat on your wife while you're while you're drinking this wine just to be ultra French? I mean, it is the WSL finals, right? 
<laughs> it's romantic in a way, yeah. It's promiscuous yeah. for sure. Okay, so just it wine. Is. That's. I mean, I don't like your chances of making it to the final, but I would suggest traditional forms of drug like caffeine, uh, uh, traditional forms of stimulant. I meant to say caffeine, methamphetamines, uh, any of those. Any of those would would be my suggestion. I will see if I can get some math. Yeah, that's probably a. That spawns some interesting writing, I think. An For interesting sure. recap. Yeah. That's what we want. We want a four, we want we want the the recap to come out four days later and you haven't slept slept yet. Yeah, that'll be great. Well, that's only the half of it. All right, you might be noticing a theme here, but a third story this week is SURF. So we went Surf 100, Ultimate Surfer, now SURF. I know. A lot of surf happening. What is going on in the creative, the creative department of STAB where we, where we can't come up with better titles that don't include the word surf? I guess we got to risk it for the biscuit. The, <laughs> yeah, well, S-U-R-F, a lot of people have been, as I suspected, calling it surf, which is, I mean, it's, it is an acronym and it's not actually a coincidence that it spells surf, but it stands for Space Uncover Resourcefulness and Frictionless. And yeah, we're up to the third episode's out and it's come down to the fourth episode, which is airing on Tuesday next week, which I guess is Monday in America, Tuesday Australian time. So I want to talk about episode three for a minute though, because it was fascinating. If you haven't seen it, not to give away too much, but to kind of give away something, they had to, the contestants had to put two different surfboards together literally cut them in half and then find a way to get them together and then go surf them for a heat for a session. And I wanted to know, was that your idea? No. So this guy named Aaron Gack actually brought this concept forward to us. And so he, he essentially wanted to basically reinvent the way surf competition could look. So testing things that are so different to high performance skill or, or any other, any other measures that are typically in a surf contest in the modern era. So uh, things like length of ride, the ability to find a, a board for $100 and a case of beer and then surf on it, have a contest. And then this one in particular is, was just, I think, the greatest of all these, all these different ideas, which was to stick two different ends of different snap boards together. Something I didn't even know if it was possible um, was his concept for the letter R, which which we which stands for resourcefulness? So, Aaron, yeah, he he came up with the concept, and and I was a little bit dubious, like, oh, are we really going to do this? I remember at one point I was like, oh, maybe I'll just get them to just stick together a snapboard, so at least the ends match. But then I was like, well, well no, that's that's not as fun. So, yeah, we um, we had them stick together boards that ends of boards that didn't match at all. They weren't allowed to use traditional surfboard repair material. So they had to just go to the hardware store and buy whatever they could find there and, and with a budget of $200 and, and they all did it and they all managed to stick boards together. But then the, I guess the gnarliest thing was the day we went to do it, the surf was like proper pumping and, and, you know, there was, there was some solid, solid tubes and, and so they had to ride those boards, not just in any old conditions, but actually like decent solid surf. And yeah, it was fucking fascinating. It's one of those things that on paper, you just don't think it would work at all. Mm. Like I remember seeing 
an early version, just like the intro of this, where I was like, how, like, that seems just silly and weird. And then you see it happen and you're like, holy shit, like they actually pulled that off. Like, yeah. Getting proper tube on these Frankenstein boards. Yeah. And not to, I don't want to, I mean, if anyone hasn't seen it, I don't want to spoil the experience, but one surfer in particular just goes so absolutely mad. He was actually in the middle of filming another part during while we were making this series and he didn't want to surf the Frankenstein board this morning because it was going to be the best morning in like weeks. He was like calling me up going, oh, my board's not ready yet. My board's not finished. Like can we, uh, can we do it maybe like later on in the day because he knew this morning was going to be pumping. And I was like, nah, man, like this is – everyone else had to get – I didn't really catch on. Like I didn't really understand why. Like I was like, nah, this is happening. Like if your board's falling apart and you can't even carry it into the water – then that's just you losing this challenge. Like that's just the way it goes down. We're not going to change it up because your board's not finished. And and turns out the, he, his board was done days ahead, but he just wanted to – oh, no, the day before I think it was finished, but he just wanted to try and get some clips for this upcoming part he had. And uh, one of the filmers that worked on that part was like, man, I think he just got better clips on that one board – you know, it was shaped, originally shaped in Australia. One board was originally shaped in America, like two completely different surfboards stuck together. He just got better clips on that thing than he did on the, you know, than he's been trying to get for his actual movie part. He just went absolutely fucking bananas. <laughs> that is amazing. The idea that you're kind of put in a corner in terms of excuses, like, that's not really, you can't really say, Oh, like, sorry, uh, the board's not working. It's like, well, yeah, man, that's like half the point. You had to figure out a way to make it work. But yeah. Yeah, that's true. So after seeing that, like so many people are always complaining about, Oh, my board's a little like too small, too big, too, it's not the best rail. Like there's a million excuses as to why you might not be surfing your best. But after watching that, I was like, Oh no, like you not only like, I think the creativity around sticking these boards together and the different approaches and how funny, it was watching them, you know, come up with it, not just come up with the ideas, but actually try and execute them was hilarious. But then watching them be able to actually surf them was, was the most fascinating thing. Incredible. Well, it's lovely. And you said the last episode is coming next week. Yeah. Coming next week. It's tight at the moment. Vinny and Solly are in first place, tight. Aussie, it's just behind them and then there is $10,000 up for grabs for the winner. So whoever wins this next challenge will be the the ultimate surfer, so to speak. Well, they'll be the ultimate S-U-R-F-er. There we go. I like that. So I've been the only guy just saying all the letters out. Everybody else calling no, it surf. No, I mean, I, I don't know. Some people, people that are a little bit more peripheral that are like, oh, I watched your surf show. And it's like, it's not just a surf show, it's an S-U-R-F show. Come on. Come on. Yeah, man. I mean, you have to respect the acronym. I know. Please. Those, those full stops aren't, they're not, they're not decorative. Oh, that's only the half of it. All right, let's talk about gender equality. Let's talk about the WSL's it. championship tour. I understand that you just read the piece that we published on Stab Premium. Like I said, Buck, I've been busy and I've seen that thing amassing comments and the headline was like, was very appealing to me. But yeah, I only just read it just before we jumped on the phone and great piece by Mimi. I can't pronounce Mimi's last name. How do you pronounce Mimi's last name? I was just in the U.S. for three weeks, so I'll just ignore where I'm at now and just say Le Montagne. <laughs> Give me your French pronunciation. No, no. 
Oh, come on. We're not doing that. Well, I've known, I've known Mimi for a long time and I still can't pronounce her name, but... Lamentain. That was a, a really interesting article. I liked it a lot. The whole story is that when the WSL announced their changes a few weeks ago, there's a lot to it, right? There was the mid-year cutoff returning. There was the whole structure of the new tour where instead of ending at pipe, we're starting there. A few new events. Just it, There was a lot going on. But one of the biggest things they did was fully sync up the men's and women's tour so that they are now completely together. Like they share a waiting period. They go to every venue together. It is the same exact schedule. And that includes things like the men and the women, or yeah, the men and the women both going to pipe and Chopu. And it's the first time professional surfing has been structured like this. And it's huge. Like I think it's as big of a step towards equality as the equal pay was in a way like the message that this sends and the precedent that it sets is fucking awesome yeah and just the simplification of the tour in general they're making so many inroads in that in that regard with the with the regional comp the the way that surfers drop off throughout the year and just everything about the simplification of the tour is so good and having just one tour both sexes traveling together. It just, it makes so, so much sense on, on, on so many different levels. But also I can't wait. There's been so much discussion about, oh, do the women even want to surf big chopes and big pipe? And, and I just can't wait to see them be given the opportunity to do it because that is, that is like sort of un, unproven territory for the entire field. There's obviously been a bunch of charges over the years in the past, but to have the whole field competing in really gutsy wave, we're going to see like a crazy leap forward in, in progression in that area of surfing on the women's side, I think. Absolutely. And just think about like the long-term changes that will drive, like mm. leading up to this, if you're a CT hopeful and you're a woman, you wouldn't really have a reason to try to figure out pipe or choke. you would be like, okay, I'm going to go on tour and I'll surf Honolulu and that's that. But now the younger generation is going to have to know that they're, they're going to have to master those waves. Yeah, and completely. That's, that's going to change the sport. It's fucking awesome. It's akin to what Ladybirds and all the Van Stab High comps presented by Monster Energy, got to say the sponsors, what they've done for female surfing and, and, and giving them a giving them like a, an avenue to be celebrated in that sense. And so like you got the progression on that on that level coming from the younger generation and now adding in like the big wave side, the, now that it's part of the tour, I'm all about it. Yeah. And so if you want to go deeper, read the piece on Stab Premium. It's an interview with Jesse Miley Dyer about where we came from, where we're heading. And it does even hit questions like what happens if Chopu's bombing. So give it a read. It's a great piece. Mimi's a great. Yeah. I think I'm going to try and, and get her on the, on the show. And we're going to talk about that story in the coming weeks. She can pronounce her own last name. Lamentine. Ah. We'll see how it goes. Oh, that's only the half of it. You did seem uh, particularly excited about the Shakira video. Yes. Uh, what can I say? Impressive. Impressive. So that's just a funny one we can talk about this week. The clip is the video. Sorry, clip. The music video is a few weeks old, but we just covered it with a little piece on stab. Uh, Shakira, who now loves surfing, made a full music video from the wave garden kind of test facility here in the Basque country. And it is sensational. 
It's racked up 30 million views already. This song is called Don't Wait Up. It's uh, it's a brilliant film. It is a really good film. It's so she's in a wave pool at night. It's got her own surfing in there, and she's got all these fluoro lights. Oh, sorry, neon fluoro sort of colors going on. Neon lights on a board. It's it's kind of like Fast and the Furious meets surfing. I mean, she's not surfing that fast, but there's a real uh, there's a real tech futuristic energy to the clip, and. Oh, I'm just blown away because I always thought she was a one-hit wonder and I yeah. haven't heard of her since that song she had about her hips. That was a long time ago. And, and when this story came out, I read it on staff and I was like, oh, she's won three Grammys and been nominated for a bunch of others and she's been making music this entire time. But it just, when I heard it, when I heard her name, it took me back to like Nelly Furtado and Shaggy and I don't know, Huberstank whatever what other yeah what other yeah. bands of that era so it was like a it was a bit time travel-y for me but another celebrity falls in love with surfing last thing on that i just want to say shaka era because <laughs> there's a lot of ways <laughs> where she's just looking at the camera <laughs> throwing double shakas oh and, my goodness uh, that-, that was just that that pun was just a pinata sitting there this whole time. I can't believe he, he got to it before me. You know, I think the uh, the celebration of language that is the ultimate surfer titles inspired me. Mm. Yeah, Namaste off my barrel is it's great, but Shaka Kira it takes the cake. Well, that's only the half of it. <laughs> okay, one last quick story this week. Jack Robinson has to get a bowl cut. Mm-hmm. He has no choice. Earlier this week, he put out an Instagram poll and he was famous for having a bowl cut throughout his younger years. It was, it was his look. It was his thing, his bread, his butter. And he said, should I bring it back? And one of the options on this Instagram poll was 100% should bring it back. When I saw it, 86% of the people said, bring it back. Mm-hmm. And so, no, that's 86% saying 100%, which means 186% of the people across the planet <laughs> say yes. And so now I think that he has an obligation to get a bowl cut. If he doesn't, we should call him out. Like, he's got to bring it back, right? Like, there's no turning back now. Oh, it, it was the second best haircut in surfing. And the best being one that was somewhat similar, which is George Greeno's from back in the day. Surf filmmaker, inventor, and incredible kneeboarder, George Greeno, who had this incredible just fringe and then perfectly straight hair, long hair down to his shoulder length, which was just the ultimate in sun protection as well as not affecting your vision. It was the flawless haircut, but then Jack Robbo's bowl uh, that he had as a grom is yeah, – it, it's – I can't even believe this hasn't been brought up earlier and that he ever cut it off. Yeah, you're right. It is. It was him. It wasn't a haircut. It was him. And so for him to walk away from that, maybe wasn't the right move. Ever since Kelly's reign of the tour has, has ended and we've seen some incredible hairy 
uh, hair-related antics from world title winners. I mean, the first one, Italo Ferreira, is it's there's you know he had he's dyed his hair, he's had hair extensions, he's done a lot. Gabriel Medina shaved his armpit hair. John John grew mm. the worst goatee in the history of any sport. <laughs> certainly surfing. Like uh, the, it seems like if if you really want to elevate to the next level of competitiveness, there needs to be some sort of intimidation or distraction element for, to your competitor with your with your hair. I mean, I don't know how that helped Gabby. I don't know. Maybe it was just knowing that he had these swift, clean underarms as he was paddling that the competitors would be a little bit rattled by it. So that could also be sure. part of it. But, yeah, I think it's – I think <laughs> not even for fashion, just as a competitive thing, you, you just have to start doing weird shit with your head and face and armpits. Absolutely. I mean, like you said, it it's proven to be successful. Should we should we talk about a surf sin? Yeah, we should talk about a surf sin. I love this one. Um, it's a long story. When we ask people to submit these, which we welcome you all to, if you want to go on a healing journey, but we ask that you keep them pretty short, ideally around a minute. This one's long. I think it's over three minutes, but. It sucked me right in. Like there's twists, there's turns. It's a ride, man. It's a full ride. All right, um, let's listen to it. Let's let's get stuck in. Let's go. Yo, Buck, what's up? It's Teddy tuning in. Um, so I have a bit of a surf sin story for you guys over at Sab. Um, I was in Puerto Rico like a winter ago and it was pretty small. So I surfed Hobos on a rented longboard and had just a freaking blast and came home and wanted to log on the smaller days. And as you know, especially New Jersey is pr- small pretty much most of the time. Um, so I was on the hunt for one. Um, They're super expensive. So my best friend's dad has some boards and I know that he had a longboard he wasn't using. So I reached out and they were like, yeah, for sure, you, you can borrow it. So this thing was like a 9-2 Hobie and the thing was just bright yellow and bright blue. And that thing just stuck out like a banana in the water. It was just so ugly. And um, I surfed it like a couple times and was just like, I can't, I can't be in the water with this thing. I can't do it. So I sprayed the whole thing black with spray paint. And I surfed it for a few months. I never ran into my best friend's dad in the water. And a couple months goes by and I started getting um, some messages from the dad being like, hey, can you uh, bring that thing back? And I just choked and was like, oh my gosh, I have to somehow get all this spray paint off of a 9-2 longboard, whole thing spray painted black. And I just kept telling him like, yeah, I'll bring it back, I'll bring it back, and hoping he'd just kind of forget about it. And he just kept texting me, hey, do you have that? Are you gonna bring it back? Oh yeah, yeah, I said there's like a ding on it, I have to fix it, and just was like lying and just never brought it back. So it kind of got dropped for a couple more months and then um, his wife started sending me some messages and they ended up getting pretty nasty. A couple of F-bombs and where the fuck is the board and you said you're gonna bring it back and all this nonsense. So. Um, yeah, I started choking pretty hard and was like, holy crap, I don't know what to do. And I ended up getting way too lazy and never took all the pain off and kind of told myself that, yeah, I'm not taking the pain off. Like, this is bullshit. I'm not doing that. Um, so 
they started sending me more messages and it just and it actually got like kind of heated and was like I and I was being nice the whole time back just saying I'll bring it back but even though I wasn't being nice not bringing it back and so anyway it got to the point where I was too nervous to bring it back in person being the whole thing was spray painted black but I had to like get the board back to him so yeah it was like the middle of the night in the summer and was just it just got to me and I drove over to their house and I basically just like dumped it in their front yard like or their side yard like in the middle of the night and after that uh I have like not heard from my best friend and has not uh like will not hit me back up pretty much one one of like my really close friends and um yeah so don't really know how to resolve this or like really even know what to do but I did not expect them to get that worked up over uh, a borrowed board that I don't think anybody was even using and it was just like sitting there and it was kind of like a uh I don't know I, maybe it was a board that they really enjoy I, mean, I just never saw anybody from the family use it or anything like that and I didn't think it was a big deal that you know I actually I think I made it look better <laughs> but um yeah so that's a bit of my surf sin story and um yeah, I don't know if I should like write him a letter just uh, apologizing or whatever, but a uh, kind of crazy story. So yeah, hope all is well, Buck. Talk to you. All right, Buck. Well, I'm a little flawed as to even how to respond to that, but he addresses you. Is he? And he's from. It seems like he's he's from your hometown. Is this a friend? Yeah, I know Teddy. He's a great guy. Oh, is he a great guy? Regardless of what his his friends <laughs> his friends family might think of him, I think he's a great guy. Okay. Man. So I love how he traced this back. Like having to reference Puerto Rico there is one of my favorite parts because it's not like, oh, I borrowed a longboard. Like we had to show the whole story and show that this started somewhere. <laughs> For a minute, I thought he was just going to confess that he got addicted to longboarding. Well, and I, I knew that like, that's what you thought in. the crime was going to be regardless. You were just going to be like, oh, I was, I was listening just thinking, oh, well, Buck clearly thinks this is a surf crime because this guy rode a longboard once. And then the story just went on for another three minutes and I was like, holy shit. It was a wild ride, right? I yeah. Mean, you, you, you were right to assume that though. I was like, right when he started talking about like the session in Puerto Rico, I'm like, oh man, this guy's just going to tell me that he longboards now. Like when Jersey gets good, it's just not, it's just, you know, really round. It's not waves that you'd want to ride a longboard. And like you said, we do have a lot of small days, but uh, I thought that's what was going to happen. It didn't. Uh, wow. And then so I have another friend who did something really similar. He stole a longboard just for the small days there and painted it, but he never gave it back. And this has been like, I think he still has the board. It's probably like 20 years in now. The thing is the most brown, waterlogged, just horribly painted catastrophe of a surfboard you've ever seen. So Teddy, you're not alone. I'll say that. But you are a very naughty boy. Wow. And painting, painting borrowed surfboards, it's, it's kind of what people do when they steal cars. They paint them so that they're not recognizable. It's, it's a rare move. And I can't believe you've, you're friends with not one unredeemable evil surfer from your local town, but there's two of them there. Is that real? I mean, I wouldn't think it's just these two. I think this is just a thing that happens. You steal it's a longboard. It's not a thing that happens. It. I've never once heard of that in my life. Someone borrowing a board and then painting it, especially a longboard, the amount of paint required in time on a borrowed board. It's just ridiculous. I don't even think we can help this guy. Like what? Look, we've been criticized for giving unrealistic penances, 
But I don't even know how to come up with a penance that is worthy of, uh, you know, harsh enough to, to warrant this guy's. Uh, <laughs> you know what I loved the most was that he just, he started trying to rationalize it at the end. Like, eh, it's a borrowed board. Like it wasn't even being used. They never really used it. Like, I don't know why they even wanted it back. Like that, that's, that is just not his choice to make. And the deceit involved is just astronomical. I can't believe this guy's kicking around. I mean, he, he's clearly aware it's a surf sin. He set it into the show. Surf sin is a segment. So he's, he's aware, but like, I don't know if he's truly aware that he's getting around in life. Uh, you know, like <laughs> without the the real basics of um, of you know general human to human interaction and, <laughs> and shared experience. Yeah, but if somebody like we've talked about this, if you see a board that just isn't getting surfed then you're okay to steal it. Like if a board's just sitting there, you can steal it. Yes, it's a little bit of a wild card move to, to paint it because you think it looks like a banana. But, I mean, we talked about it on, on here before. Like if your friend has a board and it's just collecting dust, it's okay to steal. It's not even theft. It's just a thing. It's That's part of the experience. You're right. And so, an unsurfed board is a surf crime in its in itself. But I, I just... Ooh, deep, deep. Yeah, but I just think the borrowing the board, saying you're going to bring it back, not bringing it back for a year, the, like painting it and then just dumping it, I, I just don't – I think we're talking about two different quality of crime It's here. It's different, but I mean it – he obviously feels guilty. It was keeping him up at night. He said he had to just do it one night just at a <laughs> just pure guilt. Like it's uh, – you can't say that he was like a sociopath who was unaffected by this. Like That's he true. Clearly, he clearly felt here. So punishment. I think he was on the right track with a nice letter. I do think – a written, handwritten letter I do think is a good a – good, do we say punishment? What do we – I think we say penance. 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 Yes, that's it. Penance. So – Let's get the pen out. Let's get the paper out. Let's take some time, some coffee, write a really heartfelt letter. But then part of the story, it just the banana thing sounds very phallic to me. And so I think he needs to deliver the letter. And then I think to show his friend that he really means it and he feels close to him, anytime they surf together, he just has to no towel change uh, to show that <laughs> he has that trust with him he has to just and don't try to like hide behind a car or anything just like full no towel change write the letter and then no towel change with this guy for the history of your time surfing together i think it's really important that he does that like give the letter and then go surf and it's really important to do the no towel change right in front of your buddy that next surf because that's really showing him that you're open and you're vulnerable and that you mean it you know I like it. That's all. I like it. I was going to suggest that he had to go and paint the family home because I think painting a surfboard <laughs> is, is one thing, but the deceit and the lying and the, and the extending it out, I think he had to like, I think he has to paint the entire family home. But I think yours is much better. But I think there needs to be more of a commitment there because he might actually enjoy that. I mean, this guy's like, 
he's he's on a different <laughs> bus to the rest of us, and I think he might even enjoy getting his piece out. So I think to take it to the next level, he has to paint it a different color every time he does it, and may, or maybe he has to paint it the color of the board. He's he's cock. I'm talking about right now. Shot it. Either, okay, yeah. either yellow and blue. Every time he shows it to his friend, it has to be a different color. And that, I think that's a level of commitment that we, we could agree is, is suitable. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Just like, oh, well, it was a pretty fun day. Let me get the paint out. <laughs> yeah. I like, I do like where your head was at with painting the family home though, but I also think that's a little bit risky. What if you didn't tell them? <laughs> This guy's already got a bad standing with the family. They just come home one day. He's got the paintbrush out. Like, hey, guys, let's do you a favor. Like, no, Teddy. I know you like yellow and blue. Are we friends again now? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh that's good. Right, well, Teddy, think- thank you so much. I never want to meet you ever. I'm glad you're Buck's <laughs> friend and not mine. But thank you so much for sending yourself in. Teddy, um, thank you. And I'll see you. We'll get a beer. We'll steal some boards. We'll paint our cocks. It'll be a good time. Uh, and the rest of us, uh, confess. Confess. Hit Danny or I on email or Stab's DMs. Give us a voice note. Confess. And we'll send you on your healing journey. If you want to email a voice memo or a surf scene to Buck or myself, our emails are in the episode description, Buck at stabmag.com or Danny at stabmag.com. Please keep it short unless your story and your just profoundly insane personal reasoning around it is as ludicrous as Teddy's just was. And then uh, feel free to stretch it out a little bit. And now let's get on to Mason, Mikey and Stace to chat Surf 100 and the queue. All right, Stacy. Well, we are fresh out of Surf 100 Mexico. First impressions. Let's hear it. My first impressions were that the format was the overall winner. Um, I think that, unfortunately, no matter what siren you pick, whether it's a Grom Comp or a World Tour event or a Surf 100 with a seemingly bulletproof idea of giving everyone as much opportunity as possible you heard from dane that the swell just died as soon as they got in the water and i just think that that is such a bummer because like i said i think the format is still the winner because it's still at least they had that 45 minutes at the end where it was just super consistent but i think straight off the bat i think i was just sitting there maybe i had it built up in my head a lot but i was tapping my feet going come on like where are these waves? But once they started coming, it was sick to watch. And I think the format has so much potential to be used in lots of different places. And do you mean, do you mean that like the broader format where it's just, you know, three surfers in a hundred minutes, or do you mean like with the alternative board insert in there? Oh, good question. I think the broader format works. Um, the alternative boards for me, was neither here nor there just because I thought the surfing they were doing was pretty much the yeah, same. Yeah, that was interesting. That was one of um, Kolohe's big points, especially about Mikey, is that if anything, he almost surfs like more normal on his twin pin and then he looks like 
different somehow on his like high performance board like it looks like that's the board that he's almost less comfortable on um which was an interesting takeaway and i can't say he was wrong mm. yeah like mikey certainly looked a little more disconnected on his shortboard um and it, obviously we know how good he is on a twin fin we saw it in the the fried clip with dane and then obviously in this event you know both mason and mikey got their big scores by a much higher range on their twin fins. But I thought the surfing that was done to get those scores was the lines they were taking was thruster surfing. So, yeah. Like, Mason's carve at the end of the wave was was beautiful. Like, that's a classic textbook HP turn. <coughs> HP turn, sorry. <laughs> not, not an HP not turn, HP. which he might be doing soon. Uh, I think we'll find out later if Mason is going to be surfing in the U.S. Open, but it is possible statistically. Yeah, I'd be pumped to see Mason join the QE again. So he's got the seeding points for it, and if he does it, I'll be tuning in for sure. All right, so do you think the right person won this event? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah I thought the right surfer won. Um, I thought Mason's alternative wave was just slightly better than Mikey's. And then I thought uh, Mikey's um, thruster wave was just slightly better than Mason's. But I thought that once that evened out, I thought I had Mason on top by pretty much what the margin was. So, yeah, I think the, the results were spot on. But I thought I would have had a little bit more separation in the two alternative rides. Got it. Yeah, that's, that's I think, how I judged it as well. I definitely had Mason coming out on top, and I definitely had him with the best wave of the event. Um I guess the big takeaway for me is <laughs> I guess I score really low. I was just getting absolutely rousted by the commentary team. <laughs> it's really hard, you know, to be, you're, you're judging it by yourself. You've got no, you're setting a scale. That's the hardest job in the world to do. Um, so the guy, Dean, who won the boards, he gets closest to your scores or the overall average of everyone else? He gets closest to my scores, but in retrospect, it might make more sense for him to get closest to the average of the people because they are all scoring it in a more similar way to one another than I am to anybody else because when I put those scores down, I'm not doing it live with everyone else. I score it beforehand um, with none of the commentary, with really none of the anything. I'm just kind of watching waves. And while that might be a more kind of like scientific and objective approach to it it's not necessarily as like representative of the true competitive surfing experience if that makes sense where there is like emotion mm. in it and oh, you know what i mean so yeah i i feel like i like i feel like i i kept a really steady scale and it was you know but but in the grand scheme of things when you watch it in the format that everybody watched it tonight and even when i watched it tonight i was like oh man yeah i really could have gone a bit higher because i don't know in my mind i guess i was expecting somebody to get like a psycho barrel and come out and maybe like do an air or something like that you know and so i i wanted to leave some room as as you do i guess but yeah i guess i could have gone higher yeah i mean it's it's always going to be hard. I think the room that was left there for Dane to come in, jump on his thruster and get a score was perfect, really. He needed an 80-odd to take the lead on the thruster. Um, and if he lands that one 
big, huge layback that he tried on that one wave. Like, it's a, it's a totally different approach, but I think you have to almost go into the 80s or 90s, like, just for that one turn alone. Like, it, it kind of made me think back to that turn he did in Puerto Rico back in uh, 2011, I believe it was, the, the event where Slater won his... 11th world title and Andy Irons famously didn't surf and then passed away. But Dane did this one turn where I think he got a nine, nine, seven for just one turn, just this giant layback lipper thing. And, um, yeah, Kaloha, I would not have given that a five. I think I would have given it an eight or a nine. <laughs> Say it a little louder. No, look, it's the thing with the whole alt and thruster thing for me, like I said earlier, it's, they're not like with all due respect, they're not drawing any, any different lines it, it just suits say a mikey better but he's still driving hard off the bottom and turning in the top pocket of the wave he's not an alt surfer like a ryan birch ryan birch is an alternative surfer riding alternative equipment and i think he, he kind of alluded to that in the commentary a little bit he sort of said oh you know certain things have been done before where they just chuck ct surfers on a twin fin board and out in an expression session and they go and do the same kind of surfing more or less. And I agree with him on that. Like, yeah, I think that it definitely suits some people better, but I just don't think that they're doing anything, you know, necessarily different. Yeah. Well, some of the most interesting parts of the whole show to me were actually Birch and Kolohe going back and forth with board talk, basically, because Ryan is obviously a shaper on top of being one of probably the, best surfers in the world like i mean he's had some sections and some movies that i'm sure everybody remembers that are just absolutely phenomenal um and you know kolohe obviously is coming at it from a very high performance centric mindset and that's what he's done his whole life and he, he even said you know i've only ridden a twin fin a few times in my life but um his perception of what a twin fin does was like almost exactly opposite to what Ryan felt that it did for him. Like Kolohe saw it as being kind of like slidey and not holding. And in Ryan's mind, it actually holds way better than a thruster, which like I've never experienced that. But I think it makes sense if you truly are engaging that one rail and that one big fin on the side. Like I can see how that works and I can see it under Ryan's feet as well. I just think it's a different style of surfing that to your point, none of the surfers in this event necessarily mm. carry. Yeah, and I think the board talk from Kolohe was a little underwhelming. He's super knowledgeable. He knows his shit. And um, I kind of was hoping for a little bit more out of him. Well, maybe he was, maybe he was like purposely kind of teeing Ryan mm. up because, you know, Ryan is like the shaper. So maybe it was a bit of Kolohe wanting to Kolohe give Ryan that platform and not try to like... the kind of guy that goes around like... an event site and measures the distance between people's back fin and their tail. Like, he knows what's going on. <laughs> and, and I know he's, um, you know, he mentioned to us when he came on the podcast that he'd been trying a few different shapes and things like that. He's, he's super knowledgeable. Him and his dad are really onto it. Yeah. And then what did you think of Dane? Obviously not the performance of his career, but the, if anything, the, the psychology of what he did was the most interesting to me. Like, one, staying out on that hand-shaped board, which obviously was not necessarily designed for waves like that. Um, and two, he just wasn't picking good waves. Like that was, I think really the biggest problem. I think if he'd caught the waves that Mason had, he would have put up some scores, even on a board that was suboptimal. Yeah, for sure. He, he let a wave or two go that 
he gave to Mason one and that. And that if he had ridden those waves, it might have put him in that rhythm that would get him involved a bit more. But that's just a typical mind of a really talented surfer. They're overly critical, or talented athlete, really, like overcritical of themselves. Um, if you told Dane that, you know, whether or not he wanted to win, but if you told him, hey, you need an eight to jump back in the lead or, you know, get in the conversation on your thruster now, I think he would have been very surprised to hear that. So the general public was still appreciating his surfing, even though he wasn't, you know, putting on the level that we know he can do and he knows he can do. In his mind, he probably would have given himself a couple of threes, but he had a 62, I think, which was right on par with the boys riding their thrusters. So in my mind, he was so in that, he probably, you know, just needed a little rev up to be like, hey, mate, it's four foot pump and point if you get on your thruster. But then again, he, I'm sure he didn't really care about winning, but I think overall he could have ridden a wave and taken that thing out if he had to just come in. But obviously, like he said and, and Birch said, he just wanted to figure the thing out, which... Haven't you got the rest of the day to do that after the comp? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I well, don't know. well, anyway, um, I had a lot of fun watching that. A lot more fun than I did sitting by myself and putting apparently very bitter scores down on the board. But um, I really want to talk to one of the happiest, most jovial people that I've ever encountered. And I actually got to spend some time with down in Mexico on that same trip, although I was not there on the day that they filmed Surf 100. Um, But yeah, we've got the Surf 100 Mexico winner, Mason Ho, joining us now. All right, so Mason, um, bring us back to Mexico. This actually happened a while ago. And also I wanted to say that I just found out it was your birthday yesterday, is that right? Well, happy birthday, first of all. Thanks, man, thank you. And congratulations. You are our Surf 100 Mexico winner. How's it feel? Um, <laughs> I'm trying to just stay stay calm and, and cool because it's not... I think with the Surf 100, you can't, um, you can't really get chaired up the beach or anything. Huh? So I'm trying not to feel that like feeling, you know, <laughs> just because it's a little more cool. You know, even how Mikey did it, I love what it, when he said... After he got his good one, he didn't even come in to change his board because he, he like didn't want to look like he was claiming it. That was the sickest thing. <laughs> I was just doing mine on accident. I didn't even know what was going on. Luckily, it, I waited till I got a nice wave on there. But um, yeah, no, I forgot. Well, sorry, what was? The, were you just wow. having too much fun on the Simon Jones that you just like couldn't even con- consider getting out of the water? Well, that too. That was actually the biggest part was... Um, yeah, no, I wanted to use, my whole plan was if it looked kind of fun and, and a little small and clean and fun, I was going to use my mat board just because I was with you guys that whole, what was it, two weeks or something, just riding the fun boards. So I was kind of excited to try my short board again. And um, when I seen the waves, it just looked, I don't know how, on the camera, it looked kind of small when I was watching. Not small, but on the footage, it looked a lot smaller than in person when we were down there. In the morning, it looked so big and um, big old floppers. Yeah, no, big old <laughs> floppers. But in the morning, or, the floppers looked like big old like squares. So, so I was, um, I, and I thought the Simon was a six one or a six zero or something. So I didn't know it was a five eleven. So I was thinking, if I knew, oh yeah, I don't know. But but anyway, no, I seen the waves. I was like, okay, hey, I'm gonna use my six zero or the the Simon because it's bigger than my 
other one. And then when I was out there, we were kind of getting it. And we all, I think they told us the rules a few times, but I don't know what it is about myself or whatever, but I didn't remember it or hear anything. I was like out there like, what's the rules? What's the time? What's the deal? And then they were kind of like, well, we don't really know either now that you're asking all this stuff. And then I was like, well, I'm, I know they told us all because I remember them doing it, but I just was kind of like waxing my board. <laughs> so, so yeah, no, so I, I actually got stuck on the Simon, but then I just thought, oh, I'll just get my two good scores on the Simon, you know, so I just kept staying on there. And then, and then I had this weird feeling because I couldn't paddle back out. I got the one, I got that one wave that, I, yeah, I should have came in for sure, but I kept going back out. And then even my last good one, I was paddling back out, but I look, it looked like I couldn't make it out. So I was like, I'll just ride the other board just in case the rule is you have to ride one on the other. And then, yeah, I know. And then I got kind of a couple barrels, so I was lost. I thought I had like, I thought I, I, thought I had like a bunch of, um, I don't know, in my head, I was like, oh, I got so many good scores. It's like a win, 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 win. I don't even care. Like, I'll just... Like I, yeah, Coco, I even came in, Coco's like, you're winning, just barely ride one. And I was like, oh yeah, okay, that's how I'm feeling, okay. <laughs> like, but um, yeah, no, when I was watching just now, I was like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Get on that other, <laughs> like, what's going on? I'm just, I don't know why, when that heat, when the, I don't know. In the moment, I just try to lose it all and have fun. And then like even the Eddie I cow and the, the snap tie, there's all these nice moments in my life where I was like, I felt more than confident enough to like try and snap into that comp mode and mix it with the fun like I love or like I love to do kind of mix them both but I don't know when the platform is that free it's hard to click into that comp mode you know I almost need like a full comp to to even barely click in <laughs> once it's half half it's like uh oh this is fun I don't care what comp what <laughs> and that just I barely got lucky you, you own the best quote of all time and that you never lose you just ran out of time uh brother 100 minutes looks like it suits you pretty well mate <laughs> yeah no that was uncle's quote I, I heard my uncle my I can't take full credit um one one time at, at the U.S. Open we were, I was hanging with my uncle Derek eating some lunch and, and I just lost the heat. We're on Main Street, and this guy comes up. Oh, Ma- hey, Derek. Hey, Mason. Like, super nice, cool guy. You know, he's like, hey, what's going on, man? I'm rooting for you in the contest. And I was just like, oh, man, I got to tell this guy I just lost. Pick another guy. So I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I lost just now. And my uncle was like, even gave me a look like, I don't even tell these guys he lost. He's all, and he like looked at me. I was like, okay, instantly knew, okay, don't ever tell a guy he lost. Just play it off. Root for me, even though whatever I'm out. But but so I was, the guy like told me good good job, and I was like I lost, and he's like what? And then I think the guy turned it into like a kind of dissed me. He's like you, kind of not a diss, but he like made it into a funny joke. You know, you shouldn't be losing. Like what are you doing losing? Like or like you got all these good boards, you don't have any excuses to lose. You know, said something kind of like I was like damn, got me. Take it on the chin. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> See ya. But right when the guy said that, I remember my Uncle Derek just looked at me and looked at him like, I ain't taking no more. He was like, it was like a millisecond. The guy said it. Uncle Derek looked at him. Hey, hey, hey. I got it. Let's get this one thing straight right now, yeah? And the guy's like, oh, what, what? And he's all, me, he's all, my, my nephew, he, he never loses. He's never lost in his life. Just, just sometimes that clock runs out on him. And I was just like... Oh, I hope someone asked. I hope I get put in the situation where I could say that one day. And then at Bells, yeah, I did. 
I kind of made that heat with, with Adriana and I remember, yeah, the lady said that and I was like, I was already kind of thinking it and then she said it and I was like, oh, set up, boom. Oh, <laughs> oh thanks for sharing that story, man. I had no idea that's where it came yeah. from. That's a beautiful one. That was and, an uncle. Uh, especially, yeah, sorry about obviously Derek and uh, passing thanks, and, and all the rest and thinking of all you guys. Uh, obviously, you guys had the paddle out for him the other week at home. Um, looked pretty special from our end. How was it for you guys? It was super nice. It was like, I was a little nervous and scared to even think about how it was going to be just because with all the time passing and just with everything, you know, I was like, I almost was getting not over it, but just like the the waves were le- less consistent and not as high. And then the happy and the sad waves I was getting from them. And then, and then, yeah, all that came again. And I was like, oh no, what's it going to be like? But it was all really nice because we had such a nice show up or a showing or whatever we had just a lot of people came a lot of important people and then i got to see a lot of family that i haven't seen for a while since like all my best times with these certain people were with uncle derek so when they all came it felt like we were like doing something so correct you know so the the bad vibes weren't really there or the sad vibes they, they weren't really hitting me until all of a sudden it gets so real i'd kind of do a little break but then even those felt nice you know i was like yeah uncle thanks for breaking me down (laughs) but speaking of speaking of your (laughs) massive family in hawaii one of my favorite parts of surf 100 was just your open mic and you're just giving shout outs to everyone I knew. I thought that was gonna be. Oh, you guys did smooth with. I don't know if you. I don't know if you guys. I think you guys put everyone though. <laughs> <laughs> I was like nervous. I'm like the whole first half of the thing. I was just telling myself in my head like, don't talk. Just try not to talk because I don't like it when I talk usually. But I always do it. So I was just like, don't talk. Don't talk. You made it like then three minutes sudden, at least. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, the the thought of the open mic hit, and I was like. I'm like screw it, oh, 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 burger, like everyone. Oh, that was fun. And then I was looking at Dane and Mike, like, hey, come on, you guys, gotta shout some people out. I think, like, um, like I think I'm shouting too many people out. It's gonna be, it's gonna. So we had this. Sh- I was like, Dane, shout out some people and Mike. They're just, <laughs> they were kind of like cruising. No, they're, that was amazing. And then, I mean, God, how often do you talk to yourself in the barrel? Is that a pretty regular occurrence? Fuck. Um, I mean, honestly, it's, I I do it a lot more in in the Jersey. For some reason, that little Jersey makes me start feeling all happy and talking to myself or anytime there's like a little something going on, I kind of like to talk. It gets me a little more excited. So then, and then sometimes it'll like, sometimes when I'm stalling, like just for example, if I go to stall for a barrel, if I just stall, it, it, I, it, whatever it works all nice but it's kind of feels normal and seems normal but then when i stall and i go like ooh, or i say something you know like yeah or something like even <laughs> yeah like in big waves or something sometimes i'll just say a little like little line to myself like ooh, 
yeah, baby, or something, you know, like just a woof, just to get going. And then sometimes <laughs> there'll be a person right there. I'll be like, oh, sorry, you had to see that. Or like, sorry about uh, that. <laughs> but I'm never going to look at you in a barrel and not hear your voice ever again. Anytime yeah, no, I see you in a tube, I'm just going to have that. It's so good. That's what I was afraid of. I don't do it every time. <laughs> Only some on the good ones. With you, Mike, that one session we had in Mexico, one or two of those two. Sometimes it's funny, like, I'll have a couple where I'm in the barrel. I'll be in the barrel. And I won't come out. And then I swear I'll have one similar after where I'll be in the same situation, feeling my board get stuck or whatever. I'm back and I'll just be like, fuck. Or like, or like, come on in the barrel. I'll yell it. Come on. And then I'll just feel my board just click into another gear and like steady up. And I'll just be like, yeah. Like then I won't say it. But then it's like only when it gets sticky or, or if I'm really happy, I'll kind of yell. And the mid-heat <laughs> runaround where you revved yourself up and you were talking to yourself, that's so gold because there's actually like a lot of good psychology behind that and that yeah, you can solve someone that. else's problems but not your own. But when you talk to yourself in that context, yeah, it's yeah, actually yeah. like you're talking to a different person. Right, keep it healthy. Yeah, don't get too weird, but little things. Yeah, for me, it usually I always kind of, that's my similar little comp right there, but... Sometimes it works. Sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm on to something. And then I'll, I'll do it the next time. It's like, oh, that was so bad. And then when you – it's gnarly when you lose and you feel, like, so good and happy and feel like you killed it. And then you're, like, happy and then you lose. You're just like, wait, so, so that's not the way. I'm going to be a little more <laughs> – a little more angry and look at these guys like angry maybe but then that don't feel good and don't win like that either i don't so, so speaking <laughs> of competing uh we couldn't help but notice that you actually finished number one in the hawaii tahiti regional series of the qs so you technically have a spot into the challenger series which is upcoming and it's basically four events to qualify for the ct you obviously haven't been following yeah. the qs super heavily over the past few years are you gonna give it a crack yeah. this year are you gonna go for the ct <laughs> yeah yeah i mean um yeah i didn't expect this one this is funny um <laughs> nah, nah, um yeah no so i was i was um like a couple years ago i didn't so i stopped doing the qs and i lost all the seeds i didn't even know it was really possible i heard all these nightmare stories of all these guys i used to do the qs with i've done the qs for a while but all these guys that I did the QS forever, they just lived it, you know, breathed it, eat it, everything QS, you know, and I didn't see them for a year. And then all of a sudden they're like gone, you know, you don't, you don't get to see them again. And then I was always like, I'd see them down the line or eventually or talk to them or something. Hey, what's up, man? What's going on? They're like, yeah, I just lost my seed, you know, got over it. Da, da, da. And I was like, whoa, that, that could happen. Crazy. And then it happened to me. I like, I was kind of like half, you know, like half, it was kind of like, you know, when you almost should take a year off or something, I don't know. You kind of like half do the year. Ooh, I'm going to like not try so hard and not care, but, but really you have to care. So anyway, I, I felt like I, I just kind of was losing that little thing. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to have more fun every time I go surf by myself and find these little spots at these QS spots. I'm just going to go pick some spots and do it, whatever, see how much fun is out there. So I kind of did it. And then I, I realized after like a year or two, the Triple Crown came into town. And that's like my, no matter what, I love the Triple Crown. Anything, Pipe Masters, like, oh my God. So, so that came in and they're like, okay. I, I kind of had a feeling, I'm like, I was like, okay, I know I lost my seed, but they're going to let me in eventually. I, my house is like 10, 
steps away from the big from the middle of the tour i was like oh and i've done it for 10 over 10 years i've spent all my money and all my life it's like they'll they'll give me a little spot one year and i was like and then i'll go grovel again and i tried to get in they're like nope you're gone you lost all your you lost it they're like zero you're you're, you're not human <laughs> god well but they're like <laughs> you have so much like family legacy like your dad and your uncle both have multiple triple crowns and it's like yeah Holy oh, that's shit. the part I was bummed on. I mean, I, I shouldn't be banking on anything like that. Like, oh, my family's special, you know, but... Um, but you guys are, like, I don't know, like, you guys the whole <laughs> thanks, family. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, well I just kind of thought, because I didn't fully not do it that year. I remember I did a couple, like, tried, but then I was like, I ain't trying any harder. I ain't going to go, like, more, because then I'm pretty much on tour again. So I was like, I tried. And then... um yeah, I lost it. But I was thinking, oh, my dad won the first one. Uncle Derek won the second one. Dad won the third one. Uncle Derek won the fourth one. And I think Elkerton or something. And then Uncle Derek again. And then, <laughs> so it's like, I just thought, okay, like, and then right when my dad got out, my uncle was still in. And then I did a couple with my uncle, the triple crowns. And then my uncle stopped doing them and I kept doing them. And so I was always like, okay, there's been a hoe. There's been hoes in it forever. Like, we got it. They're going to, maybe they, they'll consider some history and a few cool things. You know, they won't just go straight, oh, van sponsors our event. We're going to get the fans people in or, or whatever it is. I don't even know if it was fans, but yeah, it came down to it. And they're like, I seen the guy on the side of the road. I'm like, okay, I'm going to pull over and ask him all nicely. Boop. Hey, what's up? Um, I seen maybe I wasn't going to be in the van. So is there any way I could like be in? I'll do anything. Like, is there anything I could... He's like, no, you know, there was something you could have done. You could have went to Tahiti last year and did this event and that. And I'm just like, and it hit me. I'm like, okay, wait, so you're saying I lost my seed and I'm not doing the Triple Crown this year. And he's like, yeah, that, that's what's going on. Or pretty much, yeah. And I was just like, yeah, I seen like his car and I seen him and I seen this cone. And I was like, which one do I hit? Oh, oh. But then I, would, I never hit any. I was just like, okay, I didn't hit any of them. I'm like, thank you. I told him, I thank you. Looked at his car. Damn it. Looked at the cone. Started walking by the cone, and I was like, I ain't even going to hit the cone. I'm such a wuss. So I didn't even hit the cone. Then I got into my car, and then, yeah, yeah my girl was in the car, and I was right about to lose it. I seen her. I'm like, she could already tell. And she's like, just think. She's like, oh, the Buddhas. <laughs> they told me some stuff about the Buddha. I could go on forever. She's like, think about the Buddhas. They channel it. Boom. I'm like, okay, because I got some serious channeling to do right now. I'm about to lose it. <laughs> And then, so yeah, long story short, that, that was enough pain for me to, I was like, okay, I'm going to channel this little feeling and I'm going to get in the triple crown the next time they have it. Even if it's not this year, I'm getting in. So that next year I went and tried a contest or two. I went to Brazil and I made a couple heats. I was all stoked. And then, and then I went to Tahiti after and won that little contest in Tahiti or, or like small, small points, but, but it was big and cool for me. So, so, so I was all happy, you know, I wanted, I, yeah, I seen a couple kids on the plane and stuff. I was like, Oh, I gotta get some of these kids, you know? And then my one friend I was with, my partner is just lipping. Like you've never seen, he's like the King's back, the King. And I was just like, I can't wait to try you out out there too. <laughs> my friend Sheldon. Yeah. Cause he so won the year before, right? He won the year before. Yeah. So he was like. He has no shirt on the plane. The king's back. And I was waiting for the, uh, Sheldon. I was waiting for the stewardess to like scold him, to tell him, hey, put your shirt on. And the stewardess were like, yeah, I remember you. You won. Like, you are the, like, and I was like, oh my gosh, where, 
Someone freaking tell him put his seatbelt on or something. So <laughs> and then funny. you got him and you took yeah, and out. Then I, I think got, Eli. Yeah, 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 right? yeah. Oh yeah, and then Eli too. That was one of the kids. I was like, hey, there's a couple top. It's top couple top surfers here. I could try to make it count, you know, and be all happy and go home. So I got to win it, and then and then I was just so excited because I was like, hey, I'm for sure in the triple crown this year. There's there's no doubt. But when I was over there for the contest, they were talking about COVID. I didn't know how serious it was. And then, yeah, when I was there, they started kicking everyone out of Tahiti. Like, you guys got to leave. And, and I was like, whoa, it's serious. And then I got home and it was like, no triple crown, no nothing. So I I kind of like got lost in that whole deal, but was like, oh, I waste, not wasted, but I was like, I went over there and did that. There's no, I might not get in the triple crown. And I didn't really, I wasn't too bummed because I won. I figured there's no triple crown for anyone. So I it's all good, you know, and then I kind of waited, and then I heard they were going to do the QSs again, and then, and then, yeah, I was thinking, oh, I might have some points from that little thing, I wonder what, how they're going to figure the QS, because there's no deal, you know, and my dream's always been to be on, get on the tour, because it's such a, it's such like a special platform to, like, showcase your surfing, and, and who you are, and just, for me, the coolest thing is just, like, my family, like a lot of my family that they don't really, they're not really super into surfing, but I've noticed for some reason that they'll always see the, um, some of the, the world tour events and they'll be like, Oh, so-and-so is doing good. And I was like, wait, how? so-and-so is doing good. I'm kind of doing good too. <laughs> but I'm like, but since but I was you've a kid, done well you know? You've done well in CT <laughs> events as well. Like, I mean, yeah, you, yeah. you got third at Pipe. You beat Mick Fanning at Bells, which is basically like an event win in and of itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's another cool thing was I always felt really, like, comfortable and happy there. And it's all a cool, nice vibe, you know. I love to compete and be with, just be happy, you know, and show whatever, show everyone how I like to do it. So I, I like being there on the big events, you know. It's just that qualifying thing. Sometimes... I get lost in like feeling should I, I mean, I always feel like should, I should be here hundred percent. I should be, I feel like I should be doing good here, but, but sometimes it's like, doesn't go that way. So you're like, eh, but all right. So the real question bring is, that, yeah, yeah, are you going to the U S open? It. Well, well, I figure, yeah, no. So long, 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 long story, <laughs> short hair. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I just seen they, someone hit me up and was like, you, you they might have four events to, um, for the to qualify and you're if you want you can do the four and um and and if you do good in them you might be able to be on the tour by next year and i seen the schedule like g-land couple tours sunset beach pipeline couple things i think i seen i didn't really look at it but i seen enough pipe sunset g-land i was just like oh if there's chopo on there i'm i'd love it sorry <laughs> i'd love to get on that thing so um so yeah, no. So I was like, oh, I'll for sure, do it. And then, and then I've always loved the U.S. Open, and and I've been having fun lately on all these trippy boards or all the, the. Um, I've been trying to like morph a fun board and a short board. So I've been riding a lot of short boards, a lot of fun boards, and even have a little play one in the middle. So so, I'm curious about the U.S. Open and just go to Europe and try some of the contests, and then. It's a nice so you're in? To, yeah, yeah, I'm Fuck all yes. in. I'm gonna go try. Bring Rory, bring my girlfriend, just go have fun. I've never done that before, you know. I usually there's a few QSs where I wouldn't bring Rory just because I wanted the the waves were 
I didn't want to, um, I wanted to surf the junk waves to get ready. Usually when I'm with Rory, we'll go surf the fun looking wave or this little pretty one by the rock. But then it's like the contest is never the pretty one by the rock and stuff. So I, I used to get caught just without him and I don't know, never had a girlfriend on tour before. So I just figured this year, oh, I always seen Andy, all my heroes with them. So I'll go try with my chick and bring my filmer and just not give a shit about anything. And You never know, just, change up the vibe. You could yeah, just click yeah. into something. Yeah, I figured just show up to the heat on time with my two little, with my two partners and then... <laughs> Hey, you got to take Coco as well. She was, she got you. Coco. You know, that 10% invoice is coming after that big Surf 100 win. Right. Yeah, that's classic. She's there. She She's going to be there for sure. I think because she's trying to qualify as well, and, and she got into them. So we're going we're gonna to be there together, but we're not staying together. We, we used to do that, but we learned. It's nice and peaceful. Were you there that year that um, Mike whistled her into that wave off the pier and the buzzer beat her? Yeah, at Huntington. How good was that? That is one of the times I was there, yeah. Yeah. It's a few spots where we just all stay together because it's been an annual thing we've done since we were kids. So that was one of them. We usually do Huntington together, but I got my own spot this time. She's got hers. <laughs> Sometimes we don't agree on, like, um, breakfast times and stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> Only with Stab. Only with you guys, man. <laughs> I think smooth. this is the perfect time, Stace, to bring back one of our old uh, little games that we play in this podcast, and that's called Unsolicited Advice. Oh, God, and here we go. That's where Stace, as a professional surf coach, Stace, what is that's the, what I want. What is the one tip you'd give Mason for qualifying in these four challenger series events oh i'm writing this down on a paper all right, all right. well <laughs> my first bit of it's not advice but i think it's just something that you need to know mace doggy and that's you got to make a couple heats to get into Haliva. yeah so i heard th- that one they're they're not taking everyone so yeah i wish so you all get, the best stay Head down. serious yeah stay yeah, serious yeah, you're yeah. not guaranteed to get into Haliva. so like, yeah you've been warned you're not allowed to kick any cones this time <laughs> i like that i like that yeah no, i kind of right. heard that it's funny you say that I, I heard that and i thought this and i was like don't overthink just dead serious assume you're not in Haliva. Go hard in yeah. U.S. Open in Europe like you're not even in the Triple Crown yet. So don't break down or anything. <laughs> be mentally prepared for all this. And then uh, my only other piece of advice would be uh, from a heat that I think I saw you surf in the Azores once upon a time. And um, the only thing we were all saying in our heads on the beach was we just wish that you'd paddled back out the back. You couldn't quite contain the froth and kept swinging on those little What, I turned legs. around middle? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got to get back out the back for a couple of big outside maneuvers. I just love score. that, brother. Yeah. <laughs> You're the man, dude. I think I remember that, bro. <laughs> I think I remember that. Oh, oh we were just like, you looked like you were having so much fun. And we were thinking like, Mason's Mason. We're not, you're never going to get this guy into this format that's there. But there is still a few little things that we were just screaming at you, like, obviously, yeah, in our yeah. minds, just going, dude, yeah. like, you're ripping, but you got to get a set wave. <laughs> dude, my dad's told me that same one before. 
I like argued him about it. <laughs> I was like, my board felt so good. I just thought I was going to get a little section on the like, I didn't have to go out. And he's like, no, no, you looked like you had to go out. You were limiting yourself. Like no matter, he's like, you could have done a backflip from where you were taken off and they would have given you a half a perfect score because you weren't taking off out the back. He's like, you could have took off out the back and just rode into where you were and then you do a backflip and you could have rode and just kicked out and then you get the 10 instead of the five so i was like yeah i know exactly where length you're. of ride the secret sauce to wsl success yeah well it's just uh, yeah i feel like if you could add the whole, every single thing perfectly they like that no shortcuts yep. no yep. like trying yep. to go halfway out big Fuck. waves floaters yeah. length of ride <laughs> that's it <laughs> big something big yeah big waves and yeah. big freaking boring being big and yeah i like it stays thank you oh no i needed it from you i needed it in your your (laughs) accent that voice that's the real i hear it from my dad all the time i'm like doesn't click yeah it's it's funny that isn't it when like yeah it's funny when the family has it happens all the time with kids at home i'll have that and the dad will be like i've been telling him that for four years and i'm like yeah yeah yeah, i don't know what it is but it's just sometimes you just don't want to hear it from the old boy but they have the gold you gotta tap in right you got to be at peace with listening to your dad's three-liners you've been hearing your whole life and you've slowly learned to try and prove them wrong you're like okay don't even just he's right Fuck it. yeah <laughs> just try it try it once once it might work you yeah, yeah. champ could be around the corner oh man <laughs> Uh, actually i I do have one more piece of advice actually (laughs) and it's um what you were saying about looking for filming the fun waves all around the comp like i think that's everyone's battle when you go to qs's because like even huntington like you see simpo's clips like north side's always so much funner and um and like the thing is is that the filmer needs to be on board too because i'm guilty of that with the camera and having you know like coach and crew that surf so good you're like oh let's just go and get a couple of pits over here like in south africa it happens all the time where the waves are pumping around the corner but you just got to stay true to the comp bank comp out through the beach and get to know the bank on all tides (laughs) yeah that's if you really want to win if you want to get serious or you could be one of those you know those lucky guys or those guys who just get lucky sometimes i think everyone pulls Mm. it sometimes but you know when you're surfing by yourself and you show up to the comp you just beat guys you leave you're just like yeah easy <laughs> that's slater style it's very yeah. rare i know well slater loves gambling with that one mm. hey what about uncle mick doing do. um getting on the program with obviously rip curl in the last couple of years um uncle has, has he been giving you any just gold yeah no that's always gold with mick he he taught he's dude it's so crazy he's taught me so many like fun cool little lessons you know little ones and big ones um like, like just a little one for me is every time now when I hear the seatbelt thing going beep, 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 I always think of him, oh, shit, got to put on my seatbelt. <laughs> he, he was always like, yeah, what? So he, he taught me, like, put on your seatbelt, you know? Like, I've driven with him so many times already now that and then now, I don't know, I just put on my seatbelt more. And I almost always think about Mick when I jump in a car, <laughs> especially when I hear the beep, beep, beep thing going. I'm like, oh, yeah, Mick was legit ready to just slug me in the shoulder one time for too many of those beeps going on but um no there's like cool stuff like that and then i'll also ask him just kind of anything I'm, I'm feeling at the time like i remember when i was still on the qs i was asking him about qs stuff you know and he'd just tell me similar stuff like you said just 
trying to be a little more calm. He said your your energy, it, or it's good to have that high energy and that froth, but if you can just find a way to gauge it and and use it wisely, then he's like that's what like they all practice. That's what they all do, you know, because all of us as surfers have that that energy when we see it. Some people know how to be more calm with it and stuff, but I think everyone as surfers, even probably us three right here, when we see a perfect that wave, you know, I bet all three of us get the same psych but then maybe mike can handle the, it a little more and maybe i'm like da, 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 da. maybe i'm like da, da, da. and mike's just all calm and stays all a little me- medium or <laughs> but then we're all at the same you know so i learned with mick like okay there's a there's a way to gauge this energy you know and sometimes even when i'm when i'm with him i'll be like oh, oh, oh and i'll just see how like he, he won't even tell me relax or tell he won't tell me but i'll just catch myself like look at him and be like oh I'm going to calm down and then and then it all gets nice, you know? It's all way better. <laughs> you just need like a little cardboard cutout of Mick out in the lineup with you and you'll be good to go. You'll never lose again. That'd be cheating. <laughs> little Mick sticker. I know Rip Curl would do it for me. For the, <laughs> just right, yeah, right under the, the Rip Curl sticker. You just, yeah, you, you yeah. Little blonde hair, blue eyes right there in the, in the Lost logo maybe. <laughs> I know Darren Hanley Saturn. actually has one of Mick just with his flame hair and whatnot, so maybe we could get that off DH. Fanning I don't know. The Ma- fire, Ma- right? Mayhem wouldn't like that, but yeah. <laughs> I know, right, right. Let's put in the Rip Curl logo then. What was that? Yeah, yeah. Happy Sneak medium. Nah, yeah. But he's definitely like, I, I feel like a some sort of like calming and powering vibe when I'm with Mick, you know? And then usually when I leave after being with him, I try and like hold it as long as I can and keep it but it feels like i have to go back to mick camp it's been a little too long for me <laughs> well he's over that way in the moment he's in the states you might have to yeah, get him yeah. up to huntington yeah. for a few sessions before the call right i think he, i was gonna go sneak with him a couple sessions for sure i don't know about huntington i hope honey i hope he'll do that with me but hey, stick to the go program you don't don't go down to salt creek or anything don't funny you stick to the program no, get, huh? nah get mick up to hb and grind him down dude I love it. He looks like he has some good boards, too, for it. He's been ripping, huh? Yeah. All right. Stace, you got anything else for Mace? Nah, just, uh, yeah, happy birthday for the other day. And it was, yeah, it's really good to see you. I think uh, we're you all, too. like, those Surf 100 formats, I think, are so cool to see all you guys surfing in. And your chat's classic. And, yeah, it was just good to see everyone surfing and having a good time. I, I absolutely loved them. Yeah, Mace, I think you got to get one of those uh, water mics for your YouTube channel. Just put it at the <laughs> end, huh? Just over the dinger port. <laughs> nah, that'd be so bad. I've been, uh, that was my night. I actually always thought this, when I first seen the Surf 100 thing, I was like, oh, that's the sickest. Like, what a cool idea. And it just seems so limitless, you know? Like, you could just do anything, it seems like. So I was like, oh, I hope one day I could be a part of one of those. A- and then, um, but then it hit me. I was always like, every time I'd get happy and high about the idea, I was like, oh, there's a microphone on there, though. Like, <laughs> I, I'm so bad on those things. I hate, I can't, I don't know. It's almost like a kid. You, you know when a kid, when you, when you know they're doing bad or you know you're doing bad, but you just keep doing it for some reason, but you know it's wrong. And, like, I know... Like, even now, I'm just talking with you guys a little too much. No, I I absolutely loved it. Every time that you started talking, I kind of was thinking, like, oh, I wish, like, you know, I wish they would turn it up a little bit because sometimes it was a bit muffled. But, yeah, there was some some gold in there. 
But yeah, I do have one more for you before we let you go. Do you have in your mind a, a, a group of surfers that you would like to see uh, do one of these? And did you have a location in, in mind that, that comes to mind? No, not really. I never thought of that. Maybe, um, no, that's a good idea. I would say somewhere in Hawaii and have a couple Hawaii people. It'd be cool. But that's just because I'm from Hawaii and I live right here and and do you I think we could here. do it with the with the crowds in Hawaii, or would it be like too? Yeah, well, that's maybe? the thing too. I was kind of thinking. I'm sure if you got like the right character, like the right, the right little gang, you know, like I mean, I'm just thinking for my, myself, you know, no, but I'm just thinking. I know I could finagle it. I know I could pull it. <laughs> but then, but then, yeah, maybe with the right group, you know, or the right like. I mean, pipeline's so already like nuts, you know, and. Uh, yeah, you guys don't even want a mic on me out there. It's pretty fun. Or <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying to be nice. I am nice. I think everyone's like nice, you know. With this, I don't know. There's some funny audio out at Pipe, and and it's already so chaotic. It's already like a free for all that I feel like if you had the right guys, you know, like a gnar, like a gnarly local guy, you know. So it's like good, you know. And then, uh, I mean, I could finagle in wherever if you guys want. But then there's like, you know, there's a couple guys. Then you guys could pick one or whatever guys, you know, and try. I think piping back door would be kind of funny and cool, but then it could also just totally backfire and and be like, oh, maybe someone you or someone that's not from there isn't getting enough, or 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 I don't know. It's like unfair, you know, just because maybe I could take waves or or who, maybe you have Jamie O'Brien or something, you know, he'll be able to like go 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 and maybe like Slater or someone would be cool out there and and yeah, like Slater at pipe because yeah, because he don't really give a he don't care, and then <laughs> Slater don't really care in, in, a, in a cool way. And then, um, yeah, Slater's funny, too. He talks pretty funny surfing. I remember when I was young, I was always trying to be on best behavior around Kelly. Or, I mean, when I was really young, I was actually kind of a punk to him. Because I, I loved him, I had a crush on him, so, so I'd always like try and tackle him and stuff. But when I got older, I was always like, okay, hey, don't really cuss around him. Don't try and be like you're cool, you know, or just like be on best behavior. And then, but every time he'd kind of, I'd hear a little cuss from him or something, or he was always like gnarly. So I, I always grew up like, oh, Kelly's more hardcore than I I thought, you know, growing up. So it'd be funny to hear him talk out there. He'd probably be cussing guys out. And <laughs> I, I don't know. Nah, nah, or, or like in a funny way, you know, he likes to joke, say a couple bad words, like happy, bad. And then, yeah, I don't know. Maybe Australia. I love Australia. That, that West Oz one was cool surf 100 maybe some really you know it'd be super funny is some super crazy dumb wave like like some random novelty crazy wave that's not that good but but super consistent so it's like rapid fire and there's no like you don't know which one's the good one maybe you just have to like gamble 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 and it's the whoever's the lucky guy gets the or, and then you got to pull it you know so yeah i don't know <laughs> That's perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Mace. This was an absolute pleasure. And congratulations again on your big win. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, thanks, Dace. Biggest win of my life right now, I think. Can't even think of anything else. Yeah, Dane and Mike are, like, my two favorite. They're they're two, like, I mean, I got probably, like, 10 or 20 favorite surfers. But, like, in these new modern times, Dane, Dane and Mikey are easily two, two of, like, up there my favorites to watch riding waves. So it was an honor to go surf with them and then let alone sneak some scores on them. <laughs> and especially S- from sell you, them on Mike. A few duds. Especially from you. Get the scores from Mike. Yeah. <laughs>
And and what the people did that to it was the people. It's like you and the people, right? Like yeah. Couple, my scores yeah. didn't count. Only the people's scores counted. I just no kind way. Of just set made a little bit of a baseline. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I didn't even really know. I, I couldn't, but but I liked it. <laughs> Sick. All right. Well, Mason, enjoy your victory, and uh, we'll see you at the U.S. Open in a in just a few days now. Or no, right? sorry, yeah, a couple my, weeks. Couple yeah, weeks. a couple weeks. But I'll be yeah. there in a few days. I think Rip Curls got me at the. The, the the trestles thing so maybe i'll see you down there right on that'll be sick all right see you mice yeah Stace. thanks mason thanks mikey thanks dace thanks teddy thanks ted bundy and thanks for listening if you if you still are i mean how could you not be it's mason ho you'd be You'd be mad to switch it off. Shock it! Ha!